0: Good morning, everyone, and welcome to our morning service. Good to have you here with us. Good to have the folks on Zoom as well. Great to be able to gather together around the Word of God. We want to welcome uh, Jacob Taggart here this morning uh, from uh, the Toronto area. That is just east of Toronto, a town called a small town, he says, small place called, called Castleton, about an hour and a half or so uh, east of Toronto. So uh, we welcome uh, and Jacob is a graduate, just recent graduate, of the Toronto Baptist Seminary. Uh, that was last uh, end of April, I believe it was, graduation time. Uh, he uh, has brought with him his fiancée, Bernadette Smith, is with us. Bernadette uh, is from Malaysia, has been five years now in Canada, I believe. And we're just glad to have you with us as well. Happy Mother's Day. I'm going to call Jacob now to come and read the scriptures for us, and lead us in prayer as well.
1: Okay, good morning. I'll be reading
2: from 1 John chapter 2, t- verse 28, all the way down to chapter 3, verse 10. 1 John coming right after 2 Peter, as we heard and sung earlier this morning. Chapter 2, verse
1: 28. And now, little children, abide in him, that when he shall appear,
2: we may have confidence and not be ashamed before him at his coming. If ye know that he is righteous, Ye know know that every one that doeth righteousness is born of him. Behold, what manner of love the Father hath bestowed upon us that we should be called the sons of God. Therefore the world knoweth us not because it knew him not. Beloved, now are we the sons of God and it doth not yet appear what we shall be. But we know that When he shall appear, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. And every man that hath this hope in him purifieth himself, even as he is pure. Whosoever committeth sin transgresseth also the law. For sin is the transgression of the law, and ye know that he was manifested to take away our sins, and in Him is no sin. Whosoever abideth in Him, sinneth not. Whosoever sinneth, hath not seen Him, neither known Him. Little children, let no man deceive you. He that doeth righteousness is righteous, even as he is righteous. He that committeth sin... Is of the devil, for the devil sinneth from the beginning. For this purpose the Son of God was manifested, that he might destroy the works of the devil. Whosoever is born of God doth not commit sin, for his seed remaineth in him, and he cannot sin because he is born of God. In this the children of God are made manifest, and the children of the devil. Whosoever doeth not righteousness is not of God, neither he that loveth not his brother. This is the word of the Lord. Let's pray.
1: O oh, holy God, our heavenly Father, I want to thank you after reading that passage for all of your grace. that Jesus Christ came and died for us sinners. Father God, I pray now in light of
2: Mother's Day that you would be with all of the mothers. We want to thank you for all of the mothers, Lord, for their love.
1: Their patience, their endurance, their care, O oh Lord. And we thank you that, even inasmuch as their love has not been perfect,
2: yours has been. Yours, your love always has been, perfect and good.
1: Lord, help children to honor their mothers and help mothers to love their children. Lord, mothers and children,
2: sinners all, we all need your grace and your forgiveness.
1: Lord, I pray for this morning. I pray that you would be with me i pray that you would
2: your truth would be proclaimed today that your spirit would be with us lord help all of us to know your truth to know your, the truth of your word to love it to delight in it and to put
1: our hope and trust in you lord I pray for the congregation that your spirit would be working among them
2: as you are with us even now, a living and active God, that you would be with us, softening hearts, (sighs) convicting us, us of sin, that the weight of sin would be upon us, but also the lightness of your grace and the freedom that we have in your love.
1: Lord, be with us now. God, I pray also for Lauren, that you would be with her. You are not just a God
2: who sits in heaven watching the event on earth with, without compassion. Or mercy. You are a God who loves. Jesus came as a great
1: physician. Lord, I pray for healing. And Lord, if it is not your will for healing in this instance,
2: I pray that you would still be glorified, that all of the hearts of the, this church would rejoice in you for the life that she has had and that she would, the remainders of her days, that she would know you, that she would love you and that you would be her joy despite all of the suffering, Lord. It is only in you and in your goodness and in your providence and in your sovereignty that any All of the evilness of this world, the sickness, the diseases, all of the consequences of
1: our sin, they are redeemed. Lord, may your purposes be made known in this. May
2: your love be made known in this. Lord, I pray for the missionaries overseas, in India, in Portugal, Lord. Um, especially those ones that this church supports, that your word would be proclaimed, your truth would be proclaimed and loved throughout the world, Lord.
1: Every knee shall bow at the name of Jesus Christ. I pray that
2: through their efforts, many would bow willingly and joyfully.
1: Lord, I pray for Bermin Baptist Church in Sudbury. I thank you for their hospitality.
2: I thank you for their love that they have shown and their commitment to your word and to you, Lord. I pray that you would be with them. I pray that you would help them in their search for a pastor, Lord, one who knows your word, who loves your word, who... Loves you with all of his heart, mind, soul, strength, and loves his neighbors. That he loves, that he is a man characterized by love, and, a, and especially a love for lost souls, Lord. I pray that from this church, Sudbury would be blessed many times over. Lord, again, thank you for who you are. Thank you that you are with us even now. I pray for the best of this
0: service, that your name would be honored
2: and glorified among us. In Jesus'
0: name, amen. <clears throat> Some children always make their mothers happy. Well, we again welcome Jacob with us. You know, Jacob was telling us last night that he's now uh, helping out or while well, his father's away, I believe, Jacob, on the farm. Well, it's a hobby farm. But you know what they have, as well as other animals, is sheep. He's a good man. He's a good man. <laughs> Lord bless as you open the word to us, brother. Thank you, brother.
2: Sheep, yeah, they're funny creatures. And we were talking last night about how appropriate it is as a, that the scriptures refer to the followers of Christ as sheep commonly. And he is the, our great shepherd. It's great to be with you. We're just going to say a short prayer, and then we'll jump right in. Father God, as we talk about sin and righteousness, I pray that we would never
0: forget your grace
2: and the grace that motivates all of our good work. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. There is a temptation upon hearing our passage from First John that we read earlier, chapter 2, verse 28, down to chapter 3, verse 10. That you heard verse 229. If you know that he is righteous, you know that everyone that doeth righteousness is born of him. Or chapter 3, verse 7, little children, let no man deceive you. He that doeth righteousness is righteous, even as he is righteous. Or you heard, verse 10, In this the children of God are manifest, and the children of the devil, whosoever doeth not righteousness is not of God, neither he that loveth not his brother. It's possible that upon hearing those words, you were tempted to think, and I know I myself am prone to these sorts of thoughts, that you hear those words and say to yourself, My gosh, how I have failed. I really need to do better. I really need to be more righteous. I've got to do better, be better. I've got to seek righteousness and do good works and love my brothers better. And indeed you do. But the danger here is, as I was saying during my prayer, that if when you are having those thoughts, you are also on one level thinking... And sometimes it doesn't come out quite so plainly, but the Pharisee in each of us thinks, I've got to be righteous and do better in order to be saved. God is only going to save me if I do these good deeds. Only good people go to heaven, so I better imitate them. God only loves those who are good and righteous. I have to step it up. Maybe after hearing those words, you were in despair. You see that no one abides in him, keeps on sinning. No one who keeps on sinning has either seen him or known him. That's what the scriptures say. Maybe you feel overwhelmed by the hopelessness of that all. I've been fighting the same sin for so long now. Does this mean that I am not saved, that I am not a child of God? Brothers and sisters, this text can be challenging. And our adversary, the devil, the accuser, loves to take texts like this one and to twist the scriptures so that instead of building us up, they destroy us. Instead of lifting us up, they depress our spirits. He takes God's words and commands, points to it, and says, it says right here that thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart. With all thy soul and with all thy mind, and also thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. Can anyone among us say that we have not, have, that we have done this? The devil laughs. How dare you call yourself a child of God? But brothers and sisters, I plead to you, I plead to you. Do not despair. Do not lose hope. There is so much love, goodness, and forgiveness, and grace in God our Father. He sent his only Son. Christ died for you and I. Do not believe that there is no hope. Do not believe that his blood cannot cover your sins. The scriptures testify to it. That yes, Jesus died on that cross, but with it, so did our sins. Yes, there was darkness, but then three days later, Christ rose from the grave. He defeated death, and in him, we are made alive. We are made anew. Brothers and sisters, this is our hope, even today, 2,000 years later. Believe in this, trust in this, hope in this, repent. Of your sins and believe, trust and hope instead in Christ. That is the answer, and it's here in our text today as well. First John, chapter three, verse one: "Behold what manner of love the Father hath bestowed upon us, that we should be called the sons of God. therefore, the world knoweth us not because it knew Him not. Brothers and sisters, if you believe in the name of the Son of God, if you believe that Jesus is the Christ, the one sent by God as the Savior of the world, and that his means of accomplishing that, saving the world, bringing salvation unto the world, his means of doing that was through dying on the cross. As strange as that might seem. If you put your faith in Christ and not in your own works, then you are a child of God And John is not trying to make you doubt that here. He is writing to the children of God. Earlier in chapter 2, verse 21, he says, I write to you not because you do not know the truth, but because you know it. Even before that, he says, I am writing to you, little children, because your sins are forgiven for his name's sake. Writing to you, fathers, because you know Him who is from the beginning writing to you, young men, because you have overcome the evil one. And so on and so forth. John is writing to believers, he is writing to the children of God, beloved, and so behold what manner of love the Father has bestowed upon us, that we should be called the sons of God, and so we are. And so he goes on in the next verse, and this is crucial. Beloved, now are we the sons of God? And it does not yet appear what we shall be. But we know that when he shall appear, we shall be like him. For we shall see him as he is. Brothers and sisters, we are his children now. But the fullness of what that means does not express itself out fully and in in the fullness of that truth in our lives right now. Maybe you have heard this phrase before, but there is an already not yet tension in regards to the many aspects of our Christian life and the promises of God. Although Christ has certainly gained victory over death and sin by his death on the cross some 2,000 years ago, in this present age, we are still fighting sin in our own bodies. And unless christ comes again soon every single one of us will still experience the first death although we are indeed forgiven and cleansed and washed anew by the blood of christ although we find our righteousness in christ and in him we are holy and sanctified there are still many ways in which we are slowly maturing and growing as christians Be encouraged. God knows this. He is our Father. The parable of the sower in Luke 8 speaks of the word of God bearing fruit in the good soil, in those who hold fast the word of God, in an honest and good heart, and bear fruit with patience. Hebrews 10.14 says, For by a single offering he has perfected for all time those who are sanctified. We are perfected in him. But we are also still being sanctified, aren't we? Just a bit ago, I said that Christians are still fighting sin. Christians still sin. That is an unpleasant reality. It is a heartbreaking reality, despite all that Christ has done for us and the knowledge that we have. Nevertheless, who can say that they love God with all their being, perfectly, every moment of our life. Although as, Christians we are not, we, although as Christians we are able not to sin, by the Holy Spirit working through us and in us, we still choose to sin and dishonor the cross and the love of Christ every day. I want to be very clear about that, because some may read this passage and think that Christians do not sin, or that you are only a Christian or a child of God if you are sinless. If you are perfect, there has only been one sinless and perfect man, and that was the Holy Son of God. Okay, but how do we know that this passage isn't requiring some version of perfectionism? Isn't that the plainest reading of the text in verses 6 and verse 9 there? It is true that it is plainest reading, but our understanding of the passage must be informed by the context of the letter. Besides our own experiences with our failings and our shortcomings and sin, despite being born again, John has already clarified for his readers earlier in the letter. In this way, if we read the letter as a whole, as we must, we understand that he has already protected his hearers from such false teachings about present sinlessness, even among Christians. Take a look at 1 John chapter 1, verses 8 and 10. If we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. If we say that we have not sinned, we make him a liar, and his word is not in us. If we do not believe that sin still remains in us in these present bodies, bodies, then we are deceiving ourselves. That is pride. And if anyone claims they have never sinned, then by such a confession they prove that the word of God does not abide in them. So now what? In the first chapter, John makes it clear that Christians still have sin. But in the third chapter, he goes on to say, verse 6, Whosoever abideth in him sinneth not whosoever sinneth hath not seen him neither known him and again in first verse 9 whosoever is born of god doth not commit sin for his seed remaineth in him and he cannot sin because he is born of god what do we do with that tension and also if that does not weigh upon us heavily enough what do we do with the call for righteousness in this in these passages Christians are not only not to sin, but they're also called to do the opposite of that as well. Christians must, must be righteous. We saw that at the end of chapter 2 in verse 29, but also take a look at verse 10. In this the children of God are manifest, and the children of the devil. Whosoever doeth not righteousness is not of God, neither he that loveth not his brother. I hope to talk more about... Love, loving one, one another in tonight. But right now, I hope you can see the weightiness of our need to be righteous. Indeed, I hope that if you are a Christian, you're getting a sense of the seriousness of sin and the gravitas, the weight of our calling to righteousness that should stir us to good works. I believe that is what John is trying to impress upon his readers, that as the children of God, they need to take sin and righteousness more seriously. Two things, stop sinning, pursue righteousness. At the same time, if you're feeling the weight of this passage, I pray that whatever conviction you feel is from the Spirit and from the Scriptures and not from any false understanding or deceitful accusations of the devil. Christian, you are not perfect. You are not sinless. Now, does that mean we should not strive for perfection? Should we not strive to be sinless? Should we not expect great victories over sin because we have a living and active God in our midst who answers prayers and the Holy Spirit in us? Yes, most assuredly. But we are not sinless and we are not perfect except inasmuch as we are righteous and holy and sanctified right now in Christ, because of what he did on that cross. He is our righteousness. Remember, it doth not yet appear what we shall be. We await a time when Christ comes again, and we shall be truly perfect and sinless. When we read verses like 1 John 3, verses 6 and 9, since... From the context of chapter 1, we know that it does not mean Christians never sin. I want us to have, I want to introduce an important category of language in our mind. um, And I'll explain it with an example. When reading these verses, we should understand that human language sometimes expresses itself in the form of a statement, when in reality, the statement is more of a command or an exhortation. Let me explain. And this is somewhat appropriate to Mother's Day. Not long ago, I came across a comic strip about a bit of a rebellious boy and his interaction with his mother. In this comic, he's watching TV, and in the other room, she's preparing dinner. She says, dinner's ready. Come to the table. Now, the boy, being indifferent and failing to appropriately honor his mother, tells her, I'm watching television. He hasn't moved. Now, catch this, because she says, no, you're not. The boy, of course, is pretty confused about this, because that's exactly what he's doing. He is watching television She's just told him that he's not watching television when that's exactly what he's up to. So he says, yes, I am, I'm right here in front of it. She says, no, you're not, with her hands on her hips. Now, we all understand what she means there, right? And in the next scene, you see him getting up, saying, oh, right, I'm at the table. He's clearly got the message. Even though all she was saying was a statement that did not actually line up with reality, it was clear that she wasn't stating a fact about reality, per se, as so much issuing a command, uh, an exhortation. Returning to our text, what I hope you can see is that John knows that Christians do sin. We know that from 1 John. Chapter 1. But John and his readers also know that Christians should not sin. Sin is never good. It is by nature lawlessness, as it says. It is against God. Sin is damaging to the sinner. It is damaging to those around the sinner. It is an act of hatred and unbelief against our God. Christians should not sin. Christians must not sin.
1: Christians do not sin. Christians do not sin.
2: In this way, John calls us and reminds us how we ought to be. He sets up the standard of how our lives should look like. So we know how we ought to act, how we ought to act as the children of God. For those who are the children of God do not sin. It is inconsistent with our nature as Christians because we are justified and we are righteous in christ why should one washed by the blood of christ sin let's turn to john's exhortations concerning righteousness just as i started the sermon i want to dispel any notion that striving for righteousness is the way to be born of god it's not because the sin within each of our hearts contrary to popular belief Sorry. We're not able to strive. Striving for righteousness is not the way to be born of God because of the sin within our, each of our hearts. And contrary to popular belief, humans are simply incapable of entering heaven's gates on their own merits, on the basis of their own goodness. Indeed, John is not talking about the means of being born again. He's talking about the evidence of it, the fruit of Of it. That's a vital distinction. Not the means of being saved, but the external evidence of it. That's what verse 10 points to when John writes, In this, the children of God are manifest, they are made known, and likewise the children of the devil. Whosoever doeth not righteousness is not of God, neither he that loveth not his brother. Before we are saved, God does not look down at us doing good works and then grant us salvation based on those. In fact, the scriptures teach that before the Spirit works in our hearts and regenerates us, we are not able to do any good works, any good deeds from a scriptural, biblical standpoint, because every good work must be done by faith. Now again, we are not saved by works, but do not let this despair you. For God does not cause us to be born again because of our works. He has chosen a better way. A way open to each one of us here, even today. Ephesians 2, verses 8 through 9. For by grace are ye saved. Through faith, and that not of our yourselves, it is the gift of God, not of works, lest any Man should boast. Sometimes we read those verses and focus heavily only on verses 8 and 9, which I just read. And rightly so. The fact that we do not work for our salvation is our only hope. It is one of the most beautiful truths of the gospel, because otherwise not a single one of us would be saved, would we? We have all fallen short. We cannot even consistently do what is right in our own eyes, let alone the God's holy commands. Yes, by faith we have been saved, but we must also be sure not to forget, verse 10, in Ephesians 2, that follows just afterwards, for we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus unto good works, which God hath before ordained that we should walk in them. So we are saved, not by our good works, But we still must do good works. We still must strive to be righteous. Brothers and sisters, as children of God, we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works. The Christian faith must be lived out in obedience. James tells us that, doesn't he? When he says that faith, if it hath not works, is dead. Being alone, yeah, a man may say, Thou hast faith, and I have works. Show me thy faith without thy works, and I will show, me, show thee my faith by my works. This is the evidence that John is referring to. This is similar to what John is saying. Our faith, the fact that we are children of God, naturally expresses and manifests itself out in real Righteousness. Not just the imputed, received righteousness that we get from Christ. But our very thoughts, our very actions, our very lives are changed instead to striving for righteousness. Let us then practice righteousness as he is righteous. Let us be righteous as he is righteous. Christ appeared to destroy the works of the devil Let us not continue in them. but Brothers and sisters, let us never forget why we put sin to death. Let us never forget why we seek to be righteous. It is not for our salvation, but because of it. Let us never forget the hope of the gospel. For everyone here today, Christian and non-Christian alike, we all have one hope. If we put our faith in Jesus Christ, we can, each of us, and with confidence boast that the Lord God, creator of heaven and earth, is the God of my righteousness. Second Corinthians 5.21 For he hath made him to be sin for us who knew no sin, that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. Jesus Christ was perfectly sinless, yet he became sin for us that we would become the righteousness of God in Him. In this way, brothers and sisters, us poor and needy sinners have a means of righteousness from God. We have a means of salvation through the One who took upon our sins and bore them on that cross and took them to the grave. There our due punishment was paid. There our guilt was washed away. There we've been set free. And and when Jesus Christ was raised from the dead we became assured of a new and living hope that we too may be raised anew one day because God's justice no longer seeks our souls. Instead, God sees those who put their faith in Jesus Christ and sees us one and all dressed in robes of white. Death no longer has its sting. Jesus Christ the righteous became the righteousness of the children of God.
1: Let us pray with thanksgiving in our hearts for this beautiful and wonderful truth. Father God, thank you. Thank you so much that in your divine and perfect planning and out of your love for us, you sent your son to die even though we
2: were all in our sin we were all enemies of God
1: Christ died for us may those glorious truths
2: stir each of our hearts Lord to love you more to do good works to seek righteousness, to imitate Christ in all things. Never forgetting that it is only the Spirit working in us that we are able to do these good things, the good works that you have placed before us, that you have ordained for us, Lord. Lord, we pray for your help. We pray for your spirits to work among us in each of our hearts sanctifying us, maturing us in Christ, that we would love you more, that we would love you, delight in your word
1: until that day when our faith will be made sight. All tears will be washed away.
2: There will be no more sickness, sin, death, cancer, Lord.
1: Come, Lord Jesus, come. Amen.